Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming up on TMS, the snails of Dusseldorf. Chewing on the boba. I don't like little balls in my tea. Professor Holden McGroin. This is just floating meat. Bring Brian a bisque. Slap quitting. Tacos by the slice. Don't lick batteries with your body tongue. Warning, this episode contains flashing lights. The cilantro of Asian drinks. Cruise ship dumpster food. My complaint is now dead. A satisfactory discussion with Bill. Hard landing with Bobby and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. It just grosses me out. I don't like soup. I don't even like to see people eating it. And I don't even like looking at it either because it's food flavored water with just food chunks swimming in it. The morning stream, it's Toad's Fat. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to TMS. It is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson. That's Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hi, Scott. Hi. Have you ever thought about Hello. soup that way? It's just floating it's food. food-flavored water with food chunks in it? I yeah. mean, can you, couldn't you describe anything like... Oh, ice, uh, gelato is just fruit-flavored mashed-up ice. <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, you know what? Can, That's you, true. It's, uh, it's we uh, boil everything down to that. No pun intended. But there's probably somebody out there though that well, like this kid. I assume he's real. I found him on YouTube. But some, you know, somebody out there looks at soup and goes, "Gross! This is just floating meat." I guess, but it ain't me. Yeah, it's not me either. Bring I like me the soup. A soup. Better oh, yet, bring me a bisque. Yeah, bring a bisque. Me a nice bisque. Oh, give me a sweater that the weather change. I'm going to sit out on the uh-huh. de- deck and I'm going to eat me some bisque. Oh, oh. I'm gonna, hold on. I'm going to pretend it's cold out. I'm going to I'm going to drink my coffee with my cup, my uh, both hands on my mug. Yeah, there's, there's some kind of pumpkin spice in there, maybe because that's what oh, you no, do this isn't. time of year. There isn't. Oh, okay. Brian doesn't do that. He doesn't. I had a pumpkin way. spice boba yesterday. Tell me more. <laughs> Tell me more. There's, there's Tell me a more. boba tea place right around us. Called Boba Boba. Isn't there a Boba placer <laughs> called Boba something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's called Boba Boba. I don't know why there's no Boba places. I'm sure somebody's going to find us a link, but I don't, I don't know of any Boba places that are called Boba Fett or something like that. Oh, why aren't there? Well, probably because it's yeah. copyright. Probably licensing, but maybe yeah. Boba. Yeah, I can't even think of a good play on Boba Fett to use. Anyway, so is. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Arvada, Colorado, the only location, dude. For Boba Boba. Yeah. Wow. All right. They they know me. I'm the norm of that place, by the way. When I walk in, all of the employees go, Brian, I need to like record it. To oh, you that. should record that. Do that. Yeah. yeah I, I should want do that. that. I want that. Anyway. All right. So uh, it was a black tea with um, whatever dairy substitute they, they use. They don't use actual dairy there, I found out, uh, with some pumpkin spice and then a little bit of unsweetened 
um, whipped cream foam on top and graham cracker crumbles. And oh. then, of course, boba in the bottom. Sounds all right. And yeah... <sighs> It might be a little much. I okay. think I think it's a little much. Okay. Uh, cuz I'm I'm typically one of two things. I'm uh, or one of three things. I'm either a taro, boba, I'm a brown sugar or I'm a an almond. Mm. Those are my three go-to flavors. Almond sounds like my jam. I would do that. Oh, it's so good, yeah. If uh, I could deal with those little balls, which is the whole point of boba. I don't like so those. So you don't you don't like the little balls. See, that is it is mm-hmm. that is like the cilantro of Asian drinks, mm-hmm. basically. It's like you either hate those or you love them, those little tapioca balls. Yeah. A lot of people really love them. I understand that. I don't, I don't want to be smirched there. I don't want to yuck the or yum, but that's just not for me, man. Yeah, no. it's it's, And I would even go so far as to say if the line isn't 50-50 on people who hate versus love boba, it's it might even be like 75% people who don't want round chunky things in their drink and 25% who say oh get, bring them on bring on the the weird black balls of of chewy uh goodness well the good news yeah. is that enough people like it that you have sustainable businesses that sell boba tea well, all the time. so many so yeah. many boba yeah so many boba places and uh for me it's a drink that lasts a long time because like i'll take a sip i'll get a couple uh boba in my mouth and i'll you know while i'm driving down the road go <laughs> chewing on the boba like a, and I do it like a little hamster, like you know, like in my mouth. It's like the little hamster gerbil going, like uh-huh. just nibbling on the uh, the edges of the boba until yeah. it's until it's gone. That's where you Yeah, that's where you won me over with that. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't like boba before, now you're hooked. Well, that's good. That sounded like a real sugary one you had, though, and I don't know if that's good for you. It seems bad. It's not. I don't want that. I don't want the sugary one. And it was, because not only did they have everything I described in there, but then there was like a... They do before they put the drink into the cup, they do the weird Starbucks drizzle down the walls of the cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was in the glass the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, my the wife, caramel, the caramel syrup, the pumpkin spice syrup was in the glass the whole time. My daughter loves boba, so I don't know if she's listening, but she she's probably going to want to go get one of those now. So good job on that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. you know, get the get the typical ones I get are the um, the low sweetness uh, brown sugar or almond or taro. Nice. Taro is a, a root, right? It's the root. It's the purple root that poi comes from, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. that was a purely, um, I guess, you know, there's a lot of Asian influence in Hawaii, obviously, but I thought poi was purely a Hawaiian deal. But what do I know? I, I could be, I easily could be wrong, but I think that taro is where. And I've never had uh, poi either, so... Uh, I've had Hawaiian dishes. We've got a big Polynesian community here in the valley, and there's always cool places and events and things with great Polynesian food. I never yeah. tried the They always have poi. I just never tried it. Should I try poi? You should sounds- try poi. Yeah, I was, I was, um, uh, I rather enjoyed poi. Uh, we went to, uh, went to, uh, Hawaii to the, to Oahu, and there's a, the 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 most boring name for a place the Polynesian Culture Center something like that I can't oh, yeah. even, it's such a boring name I, I think that's it. it I think that's exactly it 
Polynesian. That is culture where you Center. went. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you go there and it's like, oh no, you learn about like they've got all these performances and shows of uh uh Tongan culture and Samoa and all these other Polynesian locations and not just Hawaii. And then at the end there's a big luau and they do the fire dancing and and lots of uh, pork and poi and mm-hmm. mm. I'm pretty sure doesn't. I'll bet you guys did that then. Yeah, I think the LDS Church owns the Polynesian cultural oh, center. Oh, really? I think so. Am I have that wrong? Hold on. Owned. Polynesian. Oh my god! It really is. Yeah, it is the Polynesian Culture Center. I remember the name. That might be why it's boring because it's a church thing or a church-owned thing. Let's see. <laughs> well, it's just a boring name. Like the actual place is great. Yeah. If you've. Oh, I was right. Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints owns the Polynesian Culture Center. Look at that. Center. It's an LDS deal. Yeah. That's that's kind of funny, actually. Ton, I don't know why I find that funny, but... Big church population there on the island. There's there's quite the... And like I said, here in the Valley, there's so many cool Polynesian folks. Also, yeah. there was this thing growing up. Now, it might sound a little racist, but there was this thing growing up where... If you had to pull a tree out... I may have talked about this. If you have to pull a tree out of your yard, you know, you got a big gnarly tree going and you got to pull it... Mm-hmm. Or even a stump or whatever. Oh, yeah. You always hire the the couple Polynesian dudes, the Tongans, specifically Tongan dudes, to do it. Because there's so a, many Tongans in Salt Lake. Oh, there's right? a ton Isn't of them. The yeah, deal? there's a ton of them. Yeah. But you never want to have some like business run by a bunch of white dudes. You want to hire the two brothers that are Tongan who have a truck. Yeah. Because they're going to charge you hardly anything. And they're going to be really good at it. They're going to tear that thing out. It's going to be perfect. They're never going to have a problem. And you're going to spend less than like a hundred bucks. The Tongans rock when it came to pulling your pulling your tree out. (laughs) That was just a thing growing up. I don't know if that's still true, but growing up, we were always hear that. It's like, oh, hire a Tongan. Don't have don't have that guy do it. Hire a Tongan. It was really weird. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. Why not? Isn't the Rock? uh, Wait, he's not Tongan. Uh, Samoan. Samoan or. Yeah. Simone, yeah. And that's the other thing. People think they're all together having a good time. But the, sure. the Tongans and the Samoans, at least growing up locally here, did not like each yeah. other. Really? Like uh, warring factions? Kind of, yeah. So you'd have like, you know, dumb white guys like me that, that couldn't tell the difference. You know, it's like, oh, is, yeah. that's my Tongan friend. No, he's Simone or whatever. But those two were just, there was like fights in their <laughs> high school. And I don't know what the deal was, but very tribal. And uh, huh. we love them. All right. Interesting. Wow. Uh, hey, I got a question. It's like Australians versus New Zealanders. Yeah, there you, know, you like go. When, when you, it's a little you like that. Some, why that place? Yeah. Why those two places haven't gone to more war? I don't know. <laughs> or at least early on, like you said. Hey, are you, so you sound like you're from Australia. No, I'm from New Zealand. I'm from New dick. Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. You dick. All right, check this out. Uh, right. I was listening to a, or I was watching a movie trailer. And I had a question sure. about the state of movie trailer voiceovers. Now, okay. keep in mind, this was a horror movie, so it's entirely possible this is that this is what they do for horror movies now, and I just don't see a lot of trailers. But I'm sure. going to play just a piece of it so you can hear it, and then we'll talk about it, okay? So here's right. what this guy sounded like. Here you go. Only in theater and special previews Thursday at 7 p.m. Get tickets now. Only in theater. <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's so nasal. Yeah, it's just only in theaters. Are they even saying theaters? theaters? It doesn't even sound like theaters. People are out of luck. <laughs> this Thursday at 4 p.m. Only in theaters. I don't like it. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's not from the new Pixar film, right? No. <laughs> See, watch. 
Onward, only in theaters. <laughs> right, exactly. So it must be genre specific. I think so, yeah. I think yeah. he's somebody, when I was talking about this yesterday, a couple of people online said that's a dude who does a lot of horror movie yeah. bumpers. Yeah. So so maybe this is a thing now. This is for the movie Smile, which I kind of have. Oh, God, we've seen so many previews for that. Like when we, uh, like the last few movies we've seen in the theater have all shown us a preview for Smile. We're like, oh, my God, just get this over with already. For, it was kind of like that for Nope. We really liked Nope. But up until we saw Nope, it was yeah. every, because it was like all of the Oscar nominees were showing previews for Nope. It's like, okay, we get it. We want to see Nope. We don't want to see any more previews. It's easy to overdo that. They got to stop doing that. Yeah, they do. Like, I get it. You want to have the, the word out, but maybe you're over, you, you know, you can't flood us. And I don't want to be it. the guy who like times it so that I'm walking into the theater after the previews and having to step over all the people who've got their recliner seats out and stuff like that. Plus, I like previews. I just don't want to see the same ones like eight times. Like, four point. times, great. I'll, sure. Uh, that that I'll I'll decide if I'm going to see your movie. Like that one with, uh, oh shoot, who is it? It's uh, called The Beast, or just maybe it's Beast. Get the one where Idris Elba fights a tiger or yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. Idris Elba and uh, Charlito Copley, Charlto Copley. Sure, Kiko Katafani. That's the one. That's the. There you go. That's it. I'm yeah. saying I said it wrong. You totally. He turned into uh, a District Nine monster, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I know right, that guy. Exactly. Mad Murdoch, Mad Boy Murdoch, or whatever they call him in the yeah. uh, uh, A Team. Yeah, so sadly, it's not a movie featuring beasts uh, starring Kelsey Grammer. Unfortunately, no, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That would be great. You yes. know what? I want a movie. Get get uh, uh, Nux and Kelsey Grammer together and do like a lifetime version of the Beast, and let's go ahead and have him when he's young. Uh, Nicholas Holt yep. is who I'm thinking of. Uh-huh. I only thought of Nux for some reason, and then later sure. on he becomes the Kelsey Grammer reason. version because both of those guys played great versions of Beast, and I would like totally. more Beast. You know. There's totally. nothing yeah, wrong with that. Absolutely. To say what you want about the Fox era of uh, of X Men and how it kind of petered out toward the end, yeah. Say what you want, but those two guys, great casting, great actors, yeah. nothing wrong with it. I'd I'd say that. All right, and I'm trying to think if there's a better example, but uh, Fastbender, great young Magneto, and um, Ian, uh, uh What's uh, his face? Great old Magneto. Yeah, wanted kid guy. Uh, glass, not glass. Uh, uh, Fury or yeah. whatever the hell he was called. <laughs> uh, great, great young Ian McKell. Thank you. Yeah. Great uh, young and old, and I'd say uh, great young and old Xavier. But other than that, yeah, you know Patrick Stewart, and then uh, what? McElroy? That's the one I was trying. McElroy. That's it. McElroy. Yeah. McCoy. McGroy. Uh, not McElroy. McEl. Roy McElroy. Roy. Ma- <laughs> no, the kid's name. Ah, shit. Uh, who played the young uh, Professor X. McGroin, yeah. that's it. McGroin, yeah. That's McGroin. First name Holden. Yeah. Yeah. McAvoy, McAvoy, that's it. McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy. He's awesome. I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, that's great casting. But I'm trying to think, is there any other, are there any other young versus old X-Men actors where both actors, both choices were really, really good? Oh, geez. I mean, I guess you could say what? Rebecca Romaine and... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. They were fine. I mean, they they're just fine. they're just the yeah. same age kind of, which is weird. I mean, I, I, <laughs> they kind of are, yeah, right. I, I don't yeah. mean the actors are cuz obviously there's a difference, but they but they play the same age. Like it's not really yeah, that different. Right. So that right. that always threw me a little bit. Um who else even was there besides Beast? 
Uh, um, oh, Scott! I, mean, I guess Scott a, Scott Summers played by yeah, unmemorable young Scott Summers. I mean, the you know what's his face Marsden was a yeah. adequate Scott Summers. He played new, it like milk toast. Which the is the new one it. was the 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 VR movie kid. Um, can't think of his name. Uh, right or yeah, the, mo- the kid or from uh, Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Yeah, I, don't, I can't yeah. think of his name. From mud, vicarious ether. I would I'd totally argue on Jean Grey. I think uh, Famke Jansen is a great Jean Grey, but I think that um, uh, Stark, <laughs> right, uh, what well, a Sansa Stark Sansa was not Stark. a great Jean Grey. Yeah, Two, I, didn't, I didn't like her in that. Yeah, just the wrong. Sophie casting. Turner, thank you. Sophie yeah. Turner's fine. I'm not. This is not. Sophie us. Turner's fine, but not not a good choice. No. Oh well, she's redheaded. Let's make her Jean Grey. Yeah. No, you can you can you know you can pick the right actress and give them redheaded. way better choices out there than that. That's just a bad for movie. sure. Oh, that movie. for sure. Uh, real quick here. Oh, so I, the bigger question, the longer question is this. Oh, so yes, this, I'm so sorry this guy right, people. this guy right here. Only in theaters. Do you think it, in his real life he's like, pass me the salt. <laughs> Where's the remote? I can't find the remote. It's in the. It's I'd usually like in the seat here. I can't the sour cream and cheese on my Chipotle. Please. <laughs> the way he orders food. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only exactly. Double calf, extra shot latte with a. I want to spend time with him. I just want to know. I miss. I miss Ray Lafontaine, man. I mean, that's you know, that's a voice that we grew up with in movie trailers. Is it Don or Ray? I think it was Don. or Don. I'm sorry, Don Lafontaine. That guy was great. He just, yeah, he established. I mean, there's the norm. a musician named Ray Fontaine or Ray Lafontaine, and I always get the two confused. Yeah, he's a he's the beginner of the in the world in, in a world. That guy in a world, like he is the creator of in a world that yeah. guy was great there's a very good documentary about him floating around somewhere that i don't know the name of so this won't help anyone but if you can find it it's great it's very good yeah. uh all right we got an email real quick here from it's called i know that voice or something like that uh, yeah. that's it that's it yeah. yeah and they had a bunch of people but he was like the core yes. of it he was the core of that movie yeah. yeah that was really good um Okay, so I'm going to play this here. Send and receive email. <clears throat> Rusty Nails and uh, 102 in the chat. We know him. He's always in here. He uh, sent us an email regarding the cruise thing and the whole like uh, single lane highway at the bottom of all cruise ships. Oh, yeah, right. He said, hey, I watched The Secret Life of the Cruise. I think that's an excellent show. Thanks for recommending it to us. Well, you're welcome. It is very good. It's just very informative. I liked it. Anyway, mm-hmm. in regards to the main transportation corridor that runs through the length of the ship, it is called the I-95 in the show, but they never said uh, if it was true of all cruise ships. I believe that the reason that ship would use that interstate name is because it's based out of Miami, uh, and Interstate 95 runs through the entire length of the eastern seaboard of the U.S. from Miami to Canada, uh, much like that corridor on the fourth deck. Love the show, though. Rusty Nails. Good point. I thought the narrator dude said common to all cruise ships, modern cruise ships, that they had something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they all had something like this, especially newer ones. But good point. They didn't really say that. So I was spreading misinformation, Brian. Well, um, according to behind the scenes on a cruise ship on matadornetwork.com, I don't know what this is. The I-95 is everything. While the I-95 is one of the biggest highways in America, it's also a specific hallway on every cruise ship. The I-95, as it's really called, is located on deck zero, and it's where workers spend their days running beneath your feet. So So it sounds um, like it's all ships. It might be all ships. Who knows? Maybe it's all ships that are registered um, from Miami, you know? It could be, or if they're all... Maybe they call it something different on other ships, but think about Maybe. the advantages here. You're talking about a design advantage that they would all want to use because you need to be able to get 
from stem to stern, you know, bow to back, whatever they call it. Very yeah. quickly, you need food services to move food, tons of food to this section really quickly. If there's an emergency, you need to be able to get over there and get up there. You know, like I think they probably all have it. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is on this page, which is called "Behind the Scenes on a Cruise Ship: Secrets from the Crew." Num- the number one thing is. The I-95, like talking about I-95. Two, living situation is dismal for the people who work on the on the ships. Mm. Uh, three, they nap like cats. They don't sleep overnight. They nap throughout the day so that they can put in a full full day. Weird. Um, they're ready for pirates is number five. Guests are entertainment. Wow. <laughs> I'll bet they are. Uh, the food is torture, number eight. <laughs> and uh, number 11, sex, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> So apparently, a lot of uh, oh. a lot of cruise people. Mm. Maybe it's you know Julie and Isaac or Julie and Doc or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, they're all yeah, Julie and Doc on a cocaine all... uh, the bender. Getting yeah, it on. exactly. So if you've wanted to work on a cruise ship uh, before, maybe this sways you one yeah. way or the other. The yeah, bad maybe. food, but lots of sex. Sure, be doing it all the time, napping all the time. Eating right. bad food all the time. That sucks that they get bad food when all the rest of the food for everybody else is is good food. Maybe they yeah. maybe they get what's didn't get taken at the buffet or something. I, that's exactly what it says. It says uh, the food is torture. Imagine eating leftovers every single day. This is the life of a crew member. Although there are ways around it, the crew mess is full of guest leftovers that a chef attempts to throw together in a special way. I call this food mush as it's basically a bunch of items thrown into a pot and mixed around. You'll find, often find workers doing everything they can to hit up the guest buffet because the crew mess is unbearable. Oh my gosh, that sounds bad. <laughs> I was like, like, well, they didn't finish the uh, peach cobbler and the succotash, so let's just put it in a pot and stir it all together. Gross. I feel bad for them now. I didn't know this was the case at all. That's a bummer. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, they they it's only like 180 people or something that crew. Give them good food. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lame. I mean, you've you know, instead of giving them the leftovers and mixing them together, just give them the leftover stuff from the buffets that, you know, and don't mix them all together. Like, you know, keep it in the same steamer trays, let them I'll bet mix that's them the, themselves if they want. I'll bet that's the logistical problem because they're like, "All right, we're turning over breakfast into lunch. We got to do it quick and yeah. all of this stuff gets just dumped somewhere and then yeah. you mix it up and don't It's put- all got to go into one pot cuz we need the steam trays for other things." Yeah. It's like a big dessert bowl full of mixed dessert things and then your other Cruel. food. Uh, it's awful. <laughs> now, that's that's water with food floating in it there, kid, at the beginning Yeah, there of the show. you go. Exactly. Kid, enjoy your soup. Uh, yeah, enjoy your soup. <laughs> it could right. be worse. You could work on a cruise ship. Well, there you go. That email was great, and we love your emails. Thank you, Rusty Nails, for that. And uh, we have some clarification on the end of it, so that's always good. If you'd like to send your emails in here, you can. TheMorningStream at gmail.com. Hey, look, it's time for the news, and it's brought to you by... Now live on Kickstarter, until the end of the month, Lycan, Solomon's Odyssey Chapter 2, a beautifully illustrated 72-page graphic novel continuing the story of the world's first werewolf. The book delves into the ancient Arabic folklore, mythology, and horrifying monsters. Comes out Thursday, while also touching on themes of PTSD and grief and opening the world up to magic. Please check it out and share it with others by going to lycanbook.com, that's L-Y-C-A-N book. Very nice. Only in theaters. All right. Why can't he just at least say, he can go low, go, 
only in theaters. Instead, he's mm-hmm. only in theaters. Uh, barely good. moving my mouth. I need to take a shit. Mm-hmm. Only in theaters. I don't like it. Jill. Jill. <laughs> Barry. All right. There's your uh, there's your uh, thing. Now we do the news. Uh, Pizza Hut. Speaking of food. Sure. Uh, they have announced an Italian taco to rival the Taco Bell Mexican pizza. <laughs> Bet it won't be as popular. I actually had a Mexican pizza on Sunday. One of those from Taco Bell. I like those. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna that go- was after, that was my third attempt at going to a Taco Bell to get food, by the way. Third um, attempt? What do you three mean? Three consecutive days, three separate Taco Bells. First Taco Bell I showed up, I did the order on the app ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. I get there and the lobby is closed and it's dark. Yeah. And there's like a line 20 people deep in the in the drive-thru. I'm like, well, shoot, I said I'd pick it up because the, when I placed the order oh. in the app, it said, you can pick it up from the lobby. So I guess, all right, I'll get in the drive-thru line. So I get at the very end of this drive-thru line. As I do this, I see people walking in and out of the front door, mm. not the main side door where everybody parks, but the, the front door that you have to walk around the building to get to. Right. So I'm like, oh, cool back out of the line go park i walk around to that front door or try to walk around that front door and it's locked but there's like a couple um uh uh jeez whatever uh, ten, uh, what are the people who go to a restaurant the customers jeez louise oh a couple of customers sitting there by the door <laughs> and i like show them my app that i placed in order they're like oh okay and they open the door for me yeah. and i get inside and the person behind the counter says that's why we lock the doors. Quit letting people in. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> to the people who just let me in. And I said, well, I've actually got an app order that I'm here to pick up. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be a while. Probably like 45 minutes. You're welcome to sit and wait. What? Like, well, screw that. So that was well, Friday. Uh, is this the same problem that I ran into where just pe- they can't hire enough people or something? Yeah, Something's going yeah. on. They just close their lobby and and and, uh, and create a effed. massive drive through oh So gosh. then Saturday, I'm like, well, I still want to get Taco Bell. So I do the same thing, but I choose a different Taco Bell. I go there, and this time the order doesn't... Um, doesn't fully go through, but I'm already at the at the Taco Bell because I'm doing the app order ahead of time, save yeah. some time. Yeah. And I go I go to the again lobby closed, drive through open, but there was nobody in the drive through. So I go in and and uh, I say, Hey, I'm picking up an app order for Brian. Guy behind the counter, guy on the other uh, speaker says, Oh yeah, we're not taking any orders right now. As a matter of fact, um, somebody's sick here, and we've called the paramedics. Like. <laughs> Okay, Are you like, kidding me? I'm not kidding. They apparently had just closed things. Oh my gosh, dude. So, third attempt went on Sunday. Different, completely different Taco Bell. Again, place the order ahead of time. Get to the Taco Bell. Guess what? Lights are off. The the uh, uh, lobby's dark. Uh, drive throughs open. I go through the drive through and I said, I'm picking up an app order for Brian. They're like, oh yeah, we're not taking any more orders right now, but I think we just made yours. So I drive up there, and eat my food, and then I drive off. What? Wait, like what? Three different Taco Bells. Look, like I, all these. Yeah, I, I get it. Like I get this soft. What do they call it? Soft quitting thing, or this yeah, this idea yeah. that nobody. Here's the problem: it's compounding instead of, itself. Right, instead because of quitting, you just just don't show up until you're finally fired, right? And something like that. Work. I don't know. Or yeah. they just can't f- hire people. I don't know what the deal is. But but whatever yeah. the deal is. It's compounding itself because let's say, let's say you're Taco Bell, right? And you're like, oh shoot, we got, we can't, we we're losing people and we can't get new people. Um, we're gonna have to do, we're gonna have to do something drastic. How about what? How about we pay people better? Okay, cool. They raise, let's say they raise, uh, pay. 
Yeah. Yeah. But then what you're doing is you're asking people to come into that chaos yes. of having to stand at a thing going, the reason we shut the door is to keep new people. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> yes. why would you ever want to work there? You know? Right. Exactly. It, it, right. It's a, it's a self, like the snake is eating its tail. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you keep, if you have these problems and expect to bring in new people to work there among all these problems, they're not going to stay and the problem will just continue. No, this is heinous. It's that's I bad, know, dude. I know we need, uh, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Soft quitting is just doing enough at your job to not get fired. No overtime or going above and beyond. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That's also a porn uh, when you're working in the porn industry. Uh, <laughs> soft quitting. Yeah, yeah you exactly. got soft quit. That's just how it works at the end of the day. How here. about if I just slap you with this thing for a while? <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, uh, the the problem. I mean, I wouldn't mind if this was happening to Burger King or Wendy's or something like that. But dang it, I like Taco Bell, Same. and I don't want to see. I don't want to see problems like this continue happening. I agree. The food is better for me. I know that sounds weird to say in, in a fast yeah. food context, but it's true. It's better than other options. I like Taco Bell here and there, generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. Like not, it's not an every week food. It's a every three weeks food yeah. kind of thing. And maybe they're all having this problem. I don't know. I guess McDonald's pays their certainly, people pretty well. Certainly the three closest to me are having this problem. Well, I mean like other restaurants. Like I have, I have a feeling Ooh. that... Um, I'm not yeah, saying I'm McDonald's sure is immune board. to it, but McDonald's apparently is like base pay is like 15 an hour, yeah. um, which is pretty good compared to the others. So I don't know what Taco Bell's deal is, but it's the same thing with our local one. I haven't been there in a long time, mainly because I ran into this problem you're running into, including yeah. twice where I ordered on the app. It went through successfully and then just went off into the ether and neither location was opened <laughs> at all. So it's not just me, it's you, it's everybody. It's so weird. Right. And it's going to be the same, like, you know, we talked about the employees and how that, that cycle will just continue. The same thing is going to happen with customers. If I can't, if I can't trust the Taco Bell closest to me is going to have the food that I pre-ordered and even paid for in one case and can't cancel the order, um, I'm just not going to go to Taco Bell anymore and I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to Qdoba or Chipotle if I want, uh, Quote air quotes Mexican food, sure, cheap, fast, yeah. alternative, food. Americanized, cheap Mexican food, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, weird, man. I didn't know. I'm glad you shared that. That's insane. That's yeah. crazy. That might be the last Mexican pizza you ever eat. Who knows? It might be. So, uh, Mr. Bell, if you're listening, then uh, please see what you can do about this. I love that the guy's name is. I Bell. assume that it's named. You know, it's named after a guy named Bell. Yeah, his nickname in high school was Taco, and so they. <laughs> <laughs> he sang. He sang putting on the Ritz. It was yeah. great. It was an awesome. Uh, yeah. Just parlayed that into a successful restaurant chain. Right. Uh, well, anyway, Pizza Hut's an anyway, Pizza thing. Hut, Italian taco. <laughs> thanks, thanks for. Sorry, I had to. I had to do my my gripe. You know, we had the music. Uh, oh yeah, I should have given you the register the complaint. You know what? We'll do yes. it retroactively. Why not? Well, I hope not possibly because you're you're still alive. You know, I'm to. still alive, but yeah. my my complaint is now dead because I've issued it. <laughs> A posthumous complaint. I love it. Yes. Uh, so anyway, fast food lovers uh, or who love the Taco Bell, if you can get in there, Mexican pizza is undeniable. Um, <laughs> so here's what happened. Uh, let's see. Let me move here. I'm going to move down. The folks at Pizza Hut who, as their name implies, would know a thing or two about pizza certainly seem to think that's the case. Uh, they did not explicitly call out the Mexican pizza for appropriation. Pizza Hut has launched a campaign sure to raise some eyebrows. Uh, they have announced they have begun to sell a new product called the Italian Taco. Uh, it's basically, if you look at the photo here. Yeah, it's a pizza. 
It's this is little, so it's goofy. Dumb. It's dumb. Because it's not, it's nothing. It's basically just a slice of pizza. They put the two ends together. Yeah, it's really not anything. In fact, if anything, it looks like the they just pinched the crust together like you would a New York style pizza, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have a wide piece of pizza, you just basically put the two corners together on the crust side and the whole, still the rest of it's wide open. It's not like... Uh, well, here's what they say. This almost feels like a joke, right? Like they just made those little boats called Italian taco just so they could jokingly say, oh, it's an Italian taco. Yeah, they're poking fun at their... They may even be owned by the same food group. Or they food. were for a while. It was all PepsiCo foods. And then what became Yum or Oh, Yum Foods. Bam brands, or right. Zam or Bam. something like that. <laughs> Bam Foods. Bam Foods. <clears throat> uh, it says here, let's see. They're, they're, this is what they said. Feast your eyes and mouths on a, on a hand-tossed taco shell. Stuffed with a, a classic marinara sauce, mouth-watering melted mozzarella cheese, and whatever feelings you choose from pepperoni to jalapenos, said a representative. Even though moments later they admitted the whole thing is just a slice of pizza that folds like a taco. <laughs> it is. Okay. All That's right. all Good. it is. That's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A, this is such so a... So they just spent a lot of money to make those boats. Yeah. I mean, they say uh, nothing burger all the time. This is a nothing taco. It's just it's a, a nothing taco. Yeah. It's exactly. not real. It's just a bunch of bull crap. No. So I we, didn't know you could... So I guess I didn't know that at a Pizza Hut you could actually get a single slice. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I guess you can with this, but I didn't know you could do that before that. Is that true? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I didn't know that. I would maybe do that. I don't know. Pizza Hut and I've had a rocky relationship in our lives. Mm-hmm. They yeah. used to be amazing. Like when I was a kid, we'd go there as a whole family, get big pitchers of root beer, yeah, a couple of pizzas, great yeah. pizza back in the day. Now great. it's just kind of an oily turd. It's not great. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. That's what happens when you get bought and sold 15 times over three decades. Okay, and Keikatsumi confirms Taco Bell Pizza Hut are Yum Corporation, which is a spinoff from PepsiCo. Got it. And they don't, but they no longer be, are they co? They still own Taco Bell under that banner, or no? I think probably. Yeah, it's probably still PepsiCo at the very top of that mm. that org chart. Yeah. Um, but then you got Yum Foods, and I, I'm guessing that what was it? The Frito Lay was a subset of that. Something like that. Also, didn't KFC and KFC was part of it too. A and W kind of had those combo restaurants, and which was never made sense to me. Mm. But whatever, it's all gross now. Yeah, yeah, they still do here. Like we still have uh, those are the ones I haven't tried yet for my Taco Bell uh, uh, cravings. Is the combo restaurants? There's two of those close to me too. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, man. If your if your brand is Yum and you have all this gross uh, fast food, you should change. You should buy the Yuck <laughs> domain just to be safe. Just to say it's like you're you know, like what a tryhard calling your company Yum and yeah. serving this stuff. Jeez, yeah, I don't buy it. Uh, yeah. Doctors have uh, here's a new story. Doctors sure. remove 50 AA and AAA batteries from a woman's gut and stomach. Oof. Yeah. And that's why they're not included in the toy you just got. Damn straight. And also, before you go, oh, what's happening in Florida today? This is in Ireland, Claire Gack. Ireland. Oh, no. Oh, we found a bunch of batteries in their gut. <laughs> um, doctors in Ireland removed 50 batteries from a woman after she swallowed them in an apparent act of deliberate self-harm. The woman, age 66, was treated at St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin. After ingesting an initially unknown number of cylindrical batteries, according to uh, a report in the case, sure. uh, this was Thursday, September 15th, so it's been a bit, in the Irish Medical Journal, uh, which is a thing. It's the Irish Medical Journal, where we chronicle all the things people put in their guts. 
Uh, next okay. ray. I'm gonna, I'm no. gonna give credit right now to your your man Jeff one because I was gonna make the joke was she charged, ah! but he went so far as to go <laughs> they had to discharge her. Oh, that was a far better joke than the one I was about to make. So uh, hats off to you. Oh gosh, uh, hats off to you, Jeff. I don't know what to say about any of that. That is all nightmare jokes, man. Oh man. <laughs> Whatever credit where it's due. Good job. Yes, our man Jeff. I guess your man, Jeff. <laughs> your man, Jeff. Yeah, he's not my man. Um, anyway, where were we here? Oh, uh, uh, it says here, uh, did, uh, an x-ray revealed a, a multitude of batteries in her abdomen. Uh, thankfully, none appeared to have been obstructing her gastrointestinal tract. Ah, no kidding. And no battery showed signs of structural damage, so no, no leakage of uh, battery acid or any of that. Treatment initially took a conservative approach, uh, which means... Uh, no rated R movies, and I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> Very conservative, uh, <laughs> meaning they observed the patient closely to see if and how many batteries would pass through the GI tract on their own. Over a one week period, she passed five batteries. Oh wow! Yeah, but X-rays <laughs> taken over the following three weeks showed that the vast majority of the batteries had failed to continue progressing through her body. Uh, by this time, the patient was experiencing uh, diffuse abdominal pain. I assume that means kind of all over diffuse. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, probably not localized to one specific part, like the whole, her whole stomach hurts. Yeah, yeah. I would assume that's the deal. The woman then underwent a laparotomy. That's laparoscopic surgery in which surgeons make an incision, access her abdominal cavity. They found that the stomach pulled down by the weight of the batteries had become distended and stretched into the area of the pubic bone. Mm. I played bass for pubic bone for 10 years. <laughs> I never saw any residuals after they. No, no. I picked up their anthology release, but I never listened to each of their individual albums. Man, yeah. what a, what a, what a shame that band. The team then cut a small hole in her stomach and removed 46 batteries from the organ. These included both double A AA and triple A. I love that they've got both in there. <laughs> She's no, no, uh, uh, hearing aid. Those would be the easiest ones, right? That's where you start. Yeah. You start the with the little batteries. Yeah. They move up to the little watch ones, the Sony watch batteries. They're a little flat. Right. Ones exactly. And... Oh yeah. Don't do the nine volts. I core those, no. those, uh, boxy Mm-mm. ones. Those will totally get caught. And if they don't, they're going to not be pleasant to poop out. Yeah. Plus the whole time you're just going to feel a little. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's like a giant body tongue licking a. <laughs> Every time it touches the wall of your stomach. Ah, hey, yeah. ah. But she stopped short of the double A or the, the triple A's or no, sorry, the Oh what, the C's and the D's. The C's and the D's, baby. Yeah. Do they even make the those D's. now? Is that a thing I can buy? A D battery? So definitely can because there's uh I mean there are still devices that require them. Like a flashlight, right? They still use flashlights, those. Flashlights, uh well, if you newer flashlights are rechargeable, but see, yeah. I've got how about my black? I have a black light here. Let's see what we got. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are probably C's. Uh, here we go. So let's see what this looks like on camera. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. that's pretty small. It actually might be... Uh, yeah, these are small. Might be double A's. And it's not rechargeable, best I can tell, but we're going to find out because this is a show where we do dumb shit. Yeah, so where we learn. We all learn together. Oh, these are... Oh, Okay. It's a little cartridge that holds four triple oh, A's. triple A's. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, she should have just eaten that and consolidated, you know? I'd... Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. It's blinking. One, one big cartridge, just eat the whole thing. I don't know why it's blinking. Because uh, that's one of the settings. Oh. 
in well, case, if like, uh, if I'm just in the hotel want, looking for uh, the semen, yeah, you don't want to use that version. You want to use like that's that's if you, uh, you know, you're on the side of the road fixing a tire and uh, you want Kim to stand there and hold that <laughs> in its flashing mode to make sure people see. <laughs> Weird. I don't even know how I said it. Let's tell you a story. It's usually like every click advances it forward through different settings. So yeah. Well, anyway, Steady if anyway you want to see what kind of weird stuff you have on your keyboard, this thing's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I ever want to see that. It's actually pretty gross. Uh, all right. All right, don't eat batteries, people. Don't eat that's batteries. That's the lesson. Learned, yep. uh, yeah, if it's we one learned, of those yeah. My Strange Food Obsession discovery shows or whatever it is. See, I could put that on as as, as easily as I'm watching uh, um, Intervention. It's kind of the same yeah. same vibe, you know? Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing any of it. Should watch Futurama. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like go seventies, sixties, and seventies sitcoms or something. Like get yourself some like uh, uh, happy resolutions by the third act kind of stuff. How about some Andy Griffith? I could use that. There you go. The yep. old stuff. Oh, not not when they <laughs> not when they went color. I don't want that. That's a weird time. Shark jumping era. Don't want it. I want sure. the black and white sure. man. All right, check this out. Final story. A trail of slime leads German customs uh, officers to bags of giant snails. <laughs> I r- love the fact that that you know whoever's got the carrying these bags, the slime is somehow going through the bags and like leaving a trail behind the yep. person walking. And if this wasn't the Associated Press, I might have thought this was right. the onion. Like, but it's exactly, not. Yeah. German customs officials say a trail of slime led them to a stash of almost 100 giant African land snails. And oh, are there sea snails? Maybe there are. That Maybe. implies the existence of sea snails. Is what I'm saying. I so I've seen I've seen snails in uh, aquariums. Those those are you know. I guess that's a sea snail. That would probably be a sea snail. Yeah, I don't or know. Freshwater snail. I don't know. Okay, yeah. there are. Chat says I've never. Don't think I've ever seen one. Um, anyway, uh, there were other items hidden in these bags as well in the Dusseldorf airport. In a statement, Friday's authority said officials stumbled over one of the snails in a bag of tra- uh, baggage truck and initially b- thought it was a toy. I don't know what voice I'm doing. Yeah, I don't either, but uh, your Dusseldorf voice, clearly. <laughs> I was a Philip at the end. I, was, I don't know where we were yeah. going there. Uh, anyway, they followed a trail left by a 20 centimeter, eight inch snail. That's too big. I don't like that. No, no sir. That's a. Yeah, like that's my. I don't have a problem with snails. I have a problem with big snails. I don't have a problem with spiders. I have a problem with big spiders. Like it's all size issues for me with bugs and animals and creatures and things. Anyway, uh, they found this uh, bag with a hole and another snail already peeping out of it. He was Ah! he was peeping. Uh, (laughs) Hello, hello. (laughs) There's a bunch of us in here. Please let us out. This is a problem. Anyway, the, the ones on the bottom are like swimming in slime. <laughs> you may have seen our trail. Hope you found it. <laughs> Possibly preparing for a dash for freedom, it says here. That's funny. There's no dashing with a snail. <laughs> in total, they found six bags containing 93 giant snails, all around that size. A total of 62 pounds, uh, or 28 kilograms, if you're keeping track in space points, of fish and soaked meat was also there. Uh, a suitcase full of rotting meat was also Ooh. part of the uh, acquisition. They'd all been imported from Nigeria and were destined for African goods store in Western Germany. The snails were handed to the Animal Rescue Service in Dusseldorf and the meat was immediately eaten. Just kidding. Destroyed. <laughs> and the guy says, never in the history of Dusseldorf customs office has a trail of slime led us to smuggled goods. Yeah. 
said a spokesman. Uh-huh. All right, that's the end of today's news. Uh, we hope you gain something from it. Here's what we do at the middle of the show. We like to break things up and give you a little bit of audio entertainment. And um, Brian's in charge of that. He brings oh. music, really. Oh, you're saying I should have actually had something ready. Oh, okay. I think I got something ready, Scott. Oh, oh my gosh. man, you're so good at this last second song selection. I love it. Yes, it's almost as if when you were talking about that last story, I was pulling up my notes about the song. <laughs> hey, brand new album came out last Friday, and it's really, really good. It's called Crushed Grapes, and it's by a guy named Jason Bahada, B-A-J-A-D-A. So basically, you just put one finger on the A and then just go B-J-D and just keep it in that A every other time when you're searching for this. Uh, if you like Sufjan Stevens, Fleet Foxes, Father John Misty, um, there's like a there's like a John Lennony Beatles kind of feel to it that I really really like. Then you're gonna like this album. Well, the first single is Walt Disney. You can check it out right now. Here is Walt Disney by Jason Bahada. Everyone's picking sides. Do you care to join my army? I've been staying inside, feeling safe, maybe sorry. Cowering behind. Bitter sweetness, come spend the night. Kill with kindness, rid ourselves of spite. I've frozen you in time, kind of like Walt Disney, a block of ice. Look away to feel better, cause I. Sunset Boulevard Under this California sun With my best friend by my side We end up laughing till we cry Visit mansions in the
won't turn to glass This kind of love will last a life I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me Isn't there Phil Cosby? The Morning Stream, better than a straw tart blueberry pop torch. All right, we have returned. Uh, remind me who that was, please. Yeah, that is uh, the song Walt Disney, performed by Jason Bahada from the brand new album Crushed Grapes. Nice. One might say that's wine. Hmm. Was the I haven't heard the song that. yet because I'm going to go back and listen. But is it is the is it an anti Walt Disney thing? Is it a pro? It's uh, it's funny. I listened to the lyrics and I didn't pick out where he was talking about Walt Disney. It's more about uh, uh, kind of driving across the country and you know, pretending you're my wife and that sort of thing. Like it's it's kind of it's sweet. It's a sweet song. Oh well, I, li- I, I now I like it yeah. even more with this explanation. Yeah. thank you for that. Sure, sure. Uh, now um, now you've got some setup. You'll enjoy it and you'll be like, okay, I think I like it. Yeah, now I can listen. With impunity. <laughs> Please All do. Right. We're going to call our uh, our pal from the Pacific Northwest. You know him as Bill, but we know him as the Grand Maker of Things. Your bat cave's open there, Bill. Oh, my gosh. Look who it is. It's Bill Duran, who uh, we didn't have him last week because we, we took it off for reasons. Uh, but he's back, and he's here, and he's got stuff to talk about. Bill, welcome back to the program. Hello. Did you guys take a peek at Jupiter last night? Uh, no, I, I did. heard. I saw it. it. I saw it uh, Sunday night. The way yeah. we were facing at the Bronco game was directly at Jupiter. So, like when we were watching that messy, messy game, <laughs> we were watching Jupiter. Oh, here we go. Look cool. at that closest closest pass to Earth in fifty nine years. Whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was before we were all born, boys. Um, that's awesome. No, I, I, I missed the actual uh, viewing, but I'm looking at some photos now of some uh, telescope stuff, and my gosh. It's cool. Uh, it'll still be pretty close today if you want to take a peek. <laughs> yeah. That thing is a gnarly planet, man. That thing just, oh, yeah. you know yeah. that if we could somehow get on the surface, which will never happen, but let's say we did, somehow could survive it, uh, that must be one hell of a thing. You know, like just constant swirling storms that never stop. Um, I don't know if this is the planet that rains uh, diamonds or that that might be that might be Venus. But somewhere it just rains diamonds all day. (laughs) Like weird. I'd love that kind of idea that we could get there. But we're probably never, never going to get there. Be So cool. Yeah. Uh, Bill, it's good to have you back. You and Brian are uh, expat COVID buddies. uh, Both recovered from your COVID uh, little fight there. Um, How do you feel? You feeling good? You you out of the woods? I'm good. Yeah. I'm I'm feeling back to 100%. That's good. No brain brain fog. No long COVID symptoms. Any of that stuff? As far as I can tell, no. Okay. I dodge the bullet. Yeah, I always people. If I ever get it, when people say, "Do you have the brain fog?" I say, "No, I was always this slow." I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's good to have you back. We missed you, and we can't wait to hear what you've been working on. So tell us and inspire us. We got a we got a good one. We have a new video out over on punishprops.com. We finished our satisfactory costumes. We made them for Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of this build was done in the month of August. A uh, bit of a sprint at the end, but we got it done with 12 hours to spare before our flight took off. Uh, and it was awesome. It was a really, really fun build. Uh, 
we um, the game is satisfactory. Both Brittany and I played it together, and we'll play it again because it's just it's the kind of game that just pulls you in. Yeah, and it's not even 1.0 when it hits that. It's not even right. fully released yet. I know, actually right? released yet. I watched that whole video this morning. It's just amazing, like the the sanding and the gluing and the sanding and then the priming and then the sanding and then <laughs> yeah. the, and the, whatnot. the assembly, but that the visor, the way you got that set, like everything, seeing everything fit together just the way you expect it. It just feels mm-hmm. like such a, you know, I don't want to use the term satisfying, but it's a very, it's just such a... Ah, kind of feeling. Right? Yeah, it is. yeah, I love that. Tell me why this shirt, oh. this uh, shirt you're wearing at the beginning of the video. What's the deal with that thing? That's pretty. Well, gnarly. if you if you'd gone to Dragon Con <laughs> a few years ago, you'd you'd understand. Oh, what that's the, shirt the carpet. Yeah, it I, is the carpet. I get yeah. it now. Okay, and then you this T-shirt. That's is that from the team yeah, that makes merch. the game? That's yeah, awesome. That's merch from a uh, from uh, coffee stain. That's great. And it's the, it. the helmet I made, so I had to get it. Nice. This so, is great. Um, so the helmets were 3D modeled, and I made one for me, one for Brit. So there are actually two, <laughs> two different sizes. I modeled in tandem. Uh, and also, by the way, uh, if anyone is interested in making these helmets, the 3D files are available for free over at PunishProps.com. Oh, if you want to cool. print them out yourself. Your uh, uh, your yeah. your scanning of your face using the the phone stuff we talked about a few or maybe a month ago. That's yeah, cool to that's see right. you using that. You're gonna do you probably do this for all your future. Uh, well, maybe you only have to do it once because your head is your head. Right, right? I have it now. Yeah, we're good true. unless my head changes in size or volume dramatically <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Hope it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we did lots of 3D scanning. Uh, me and Britt and I. Um, Drop those into Fusion 360 so I can model the helmets right around our head. I actually had uh, the in-game model of the helmet. Uh, I threw that in there as well so that I sort of had something to work around. Um, and I also scanned those store-bought visors to drop in there. That was the really satisfying part, getting those visors to fit perfectly. Mm. So good. So that's interesting because the visor... Yeah part of that helmet is is i think what makes that helmet kind of unique how did you know what how did you know what to get to duplicate that like that seems i guess you can probably touch this stuff up in 3d obviously before you you know print it or yeah whatever but yeah the we really kind of designed a lot of the helmet around the visors that we bought um because we found these like um medical visors it's almost like a pair of sunglasses because it's got stems, like glasses stems and a nose piece on it. But then it has this l- big visor part that covers your whole face. It was the right color. It's got that color shift thing going on. Uh, I spruced it up a little bit. I've used some clear vinyl, adhesive vinyl, and cut out a hexagon pattern to put on the visor to give it that. It's got that in the game. Yeah. And it just gives it that little extra bit, extra bit of something that makes it special. I really love how those turned out. It, uh, it looks so cool with that uh, that hexagon thing on it, which I watched you try and like. That's where my not not OCD, but something was kicking in as I was watching you trying to get it all straightened out while yeah. I was speaking to the visor. Like, oh no, oh it's it's buckling right there. Oh no, it's it's, yep. it's folding on itself right there. But uh, it's hard. It, it's hard to get. So it's going over a complex curve, and it's hard to get yeah. all that to lay flat. So we did a pretty good job on it, and it looks. I like. I really love how it looked. I um, talked about this last time with you, but that that uh, the the idea blah, 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 of uh, starting with a thing you can buy, like the visor, is kind of what I'm doing with the PIM particle, the PIM energy core. So yes. I got this uh, this light, this lantern, 
that um, is going to be the center of the PIM Energy Core. And uh, uh, I'm building a 3D thing around it. And my holdup has been, well, I want to record the whole process. Like, <laughs> you know, video re- uh, uh, screen capture, record the whole process of me making the, the lantern shape that this goes into. And because of that, it's like, oh, I really want to get started on it. But I'm not ready to start that part of it. So this, thing, <laughs> this whole thing gets pushed off. But yeah, I wanna, I'm re- so excited to do it. It's, that's fun. Uh, I will say, screen recording or recording yourself 3D modeling something is yeah. painful. It's, is it? Because I don't know about you. When I model something, I'm like, and uh, and next we uh, do this part like this. Nope, that's All wrong. Right. Let me do that right. again. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe five millimeters is too much. Let's go three yeah, millimeters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, what I'll probably do is just record the whole thing, edit, and then do a voiceover. There as you I'm, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good luck with that, but I'm excited to see it. It's so it much be fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our helmets were all 3D printed. We used as many printers as we could find. <laughs> so I have my Ultimaker that's set up with ABS. So I printed a lot of parts in ABS, which works really well. Uh, we have a Photon Mono X little resin printer for printing all the little parts on the helmet. And then we even convinced our buddy Joel, the 3D printing nerd, to print one of the helmets on the Form 3L Ooh. giant resin printer. Yeah. Uh, and they're tough resin. They have a, a durable resin. So Brittany's helmet is actually probably a lot more durable than mine. Mm. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, lots of uh, assembly, sanding, and priming, and even more sanding. How big uh, is that then, Form 3L, by the way? It's pretty. You can do how how large a piece? I guess it's big as a helmet. But we had to split the helmet in half mm. to print uh, each side separately. But, Interesting. Um, uh, about the size of a helmet. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they they claim they've all, I've I've kind of followed this one because I'll never afford it. Maybe I can, I don't know. But uh, life size prints of larger than life ideas they always claim, and then they say that's big enough to make human scale models, which I assume is like, all right, you can do a hand, and then here's a forearm, and then here's a yeah. bicep, and that sort of thing, right? Like if you wanted to, have you ever been tempted to do that? Just like a like a full size <laughs> make a Bill mannequin? <laughs> yeah, Bill mannequin. You should do that. That'd I should. Cool. I have a three D scan of my whole body. Um, and also that 3D scan was from a few years ago and I'm in better shape. Oh, so we should scale. <laughs> we could totally print that one. Yeah, print that one. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, very cool. I, I'm just watching this. This looks like one of your, I don't know why I, this, I'm getting this impression. It looks like one of your bigger projects. Would you say that's true? Yeah, it was a ton of work. So um, there's the helmets and the jumpsuits. Brittany did the painting on the helmets and she uh, sewed the jumpsuits from scratch um, came up with a pattern and did some fitting and then um, put the whole thing together oh my god we also have some sound parts we bought boots and gloves and the undershirts were all found objects that we purchased somewhere uh and then we were we we, like i said got them all done at 7 p.m on the (laughs) wednesday before we flew out at 7 a.m on thursday wow yeah yeah Wow, it was pretty good, and we and we even had a couple hours in the evening to chill out before we had to go to sleep and then fly to Dragon Con. So it was it wasn't even too, it wasn't that stressful, but it was um, it's a little it last a minute. Yeah, sometimes your best work though is under the gun like that. You know, oh, yeah. I find yeah. that to be true. So let me ask you about this adhesive with the 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 um, honeycomb mm-hmm. uh, pattern. Is that a thing you buy ready like that? Did you no. 
So that was a, just a sheet of, of clear vinyl, and I used my vinyl cutter to cut that pattern into it. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. bad. Using cool? all the tech we've got. Yeah, yep. although I guess warning to tryptophobians or whoever you are out there that don't like those. <laughs> oh, what is that? Yeah, the Tri- uh, right, they don't like holes. Yeah, tryptophobia, I think. Yeah, I have a friend who can't, he wouldn't be able to look at this part of the video at all. <laughs> or even that metal thing you have weighing it down, the the big block the one, two, three block. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. What is that? What do you get that one, two, three block? I was watching that. Yeah, where do you get that? Is that a thing you made? Uh, Amazon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazon's got them. They're really useful for weights. They are exactly huh. one, two, and three inches on each side. So you can use them to make some measurements. Nice. There's, they have so many uses. It's very cool. Uh, well, congratulations on a on an amazing build. This is great. Thank you. And this thing went. When did this video go up? You put this up when? Uh, yesterday. Already at thirty k views. Look at you, just know. creaming oh, yeah. the creaming the crop here. Look at all these comments. It was at twenty nine thousand uh, nine hundred ninety nine until I watched it. Yeah, I know. And then <laughs> you were you get a prize for that, by the way. <laughs> free watching of the video. That's right. Yay! It's just one a of those free little, one two three blocks. You get a spider <laughs> ring at the uh, where you turn your tickets into the arcade. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> Uh, well, this is great. Everyone, go check it out, please. Uh, it is the satisfactory build. Already, some great titles for or for um, uh, for uh, Bill's uh, segment today. We got a satisfactory build with Bill. <laughs> some really good stuff in here. Anyway, uh, Bill, you always leave us with a little bonus extra. What do you got today? Got a build video from uh, Simone Yetch and Laura Kampf, two makers that uh, I'm friends with and are awesome. They got together in Germany and did a pair of videos together that were just really, really fun videos. Simone is a gift from heaven. Um, yeah, she is. <laughs> I don't know yeah. the other girl, but it sounds like somebody I should follow. Yeah, um, Laura is uh, out of Germany. She's currently renovating a 120-year-old house, and it is going... Uh, it has become an adventure, let's say. <laughs> she looks like the kind of German that would kick my ass. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, and she's also an incredibly talented maker in so many ways. Like, she would kick your ass at sign making and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, she would beat me physically and then do it intellectually as well with all her fine mm-hmm. work. That's what that's what I'm looking for in a woman. Anyway, hey, Bill, that was great. Uh, always good to talk to you, man, and I'm glad to have you back. We'll do this again in a week if you're down for it. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, Bill Duran, everybody. Punish props on Twitter. Also, no, Chinbeater on Twitter. PunishProps.com is the website. And, of course, the YouTube channel. Go be one of these 30,000-plus people who have already seen the video. All right? Let's push it to 31,000. Let's do it, baby. We'll see you later. All right. There he goes. It's good to talk to Bill. It is. I'm just glad you're both over here. It inspires me to make, and I just need to to freaking get off my butt and record my video of me making. You got to make, man. Make it. Got to make. Make it or break it. Gotta make, gotta make. Um, I forgot who's on next. Uh, oh, Bobby, Bobby would be next. <laughs> My brain locked up for a second. Boy, Look. if he didn't feel bad about you not checking in on it before. <laughs> Look, Brian forgot the term, uh, or he forgot the the word the customer. Word customers, yeah, yes. customers, and I forgot who the hell Bobby is. All right. Anyway, I don't know what's worse. Here's this. Science. It is science. Science time with Bobby. It's uh, it's a Tuesday. That means we're going to talk about a little bit of science today. Bobby, welcome back. How are you? 
You didn't check in with me yesterday. You I know. forgot who the hell I am. <laughs> I know. I know. But I forgot the word customers, Bobby, so it's all even. It's even. Right. Okay. Yeah, don't feel okay. I'm sure that I'm sure the word customers sure feels one time worse. You were a customer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have you here, man. I hope you're uh, doing well. How's Oh, how was your flight stuff last week? I know that was uh we were a little worried about schedule cuz oh, yeah. you were doing a big Oh yeah, I got back in time. It, that was all fine. I, I usually I make people think that I'm going to be late when I really there's not a lot of risk. It's just I don't like I don't like springing it on people. So I just want to be like, okay, heads up, it is possible, albeit a small chance, <laughs> that something terrible, <laughs> like super bad traffic could happen or something like right. that. So sure, sure. I was de- I was back in time, but you canceling the show did make it so that I could hang out with my wife for a little bit. So. Oh, that's oh. good. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so how uh, just a the, just a progress update? The the flight stuff going well. You're you're uh, what are you? It ready is to, going well. Yeah. Last week when I did go, it was really nice, smooth flight, and um, that felt really really nice. The air was nice and calm. Uh, but yesterday was probably the most discouraging lesson i've ever had oh, it was no. really hard oh. uh we we were doing what's called pattern work which is where you just stay around an airport and you just land and take off over and over again um to practice takeoffs and landings really right um and landing is really hard uh when you're first starting off it becomes easier of course once you get it all but there's so much when you're Coming to a, when you're approaching and, and getting into the traffic pattern in an airport and trying to land, there's so many things to keep track of all at once. And I was doing really bad, and my takeoffs were worse than they normally are, and and it was just really discouraging. But then I found out when we were done, he said, because because he lets I I am in control most of the time, but uh, the last landing I was doing so bad, he just took the controls and he was like, "Listen, we're just going to land and we're going to be done." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that's not fun um, to hear that. I don't like that. Well, he did, I'm I'm exaggerating his tone a little bit, but cuz he's really nice. He's a great flight instructor. Uh but um but that's what was going on and we were getting closer to the end of the lesson and then he told me after he landed, he right as he was l- coming into land, the stall horn in the plane went off, which tells you you're about to stall mm-hmm. and he was the one doing it. And then he finally lands and he says, "Okay, turns out that and you might not have known this because you're new at this. It turns out that there was like a ton of really bad um, shearing winds, like gusts across uh, crosswinds across the the runway, and it was making it really hard to t- to fly. And he just didn't know uh, how bad it was because I was the one doing most of the flying. He just thought I was doing really badly the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But he said, um, uh, in hindsight, he said, given that those conditions you actually probably were doing pretty well <laughs> wow i, I mean so. that's you're you're to be expected to have some of this be troublesome sometimes right that's the point of learning how to do it yeah and it was it, it was so knowing that that was the case was able i was able to like shake off some of the discouragement because like okay it's not that i'm terrible and sliding backwards it's that it was a really the conditions were really tough but it, it was the the discouragement stuck with me for a while because it felt like a lesson where I was going into it. I was expecting to make a lot of progress and learn landings and takeoffs a lot better, uh, but that didn't happen because of the conditions. And so, mm. but but like you said, all experience is good experience, um, especially when when you never know what could be the conditions when you're flying. So um, at any time, you know. So. So it's an experience that I had, and 
There you go. There you are, and you survive. Still that's the cost part. the same amount of money, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't get a discount on a bad day. <laughs> I get it. Nope. Well, uh, uh, maybe all of that left you open to learning about some cool scientific facts so you could share them with us. That's my transition. Yeah. Uh, so tell Good us, uh, host of All Around Science, what are we talking about this week? Uh, so you guys ever heard of the Ig Nobel Prizes? I have heard of those. Yeah, have so you, every year. Did we lose Brian? Th- Brian, you there? Oh, Brian left. Brian. Oh, he did leave. Brian must have had to poo or something. I don't know what happened. He <laughs> took off. Anyway, it's go ahead. Right. I, I I didn't want to talk to him anyway. Oh, his dog as uh, his, his dog. One of his dogs or his dog is pooping. <laughs> I think is the deal. A dog emergency. We're good. All right. All right. So uh, the Ig Nobel prizes they do them every year. It's a yearly awards that, and in their words, to quote honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. Oh. Um, oh. So uh, it was on. They were on September fifteenth. I actually always forget about them every year. But uh, shout out to our good friend. Uh, Nikki Ackerman, she she let me know ahead of time. She said, "Hey, they're about to happen." Um, so, I love uh, Nikki. Anyway. Nikki's great. She will not only inform you of things, but she's also super nice, and people should uh, know about her. She's rad. Yes, I like her. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of like funny awards, but they're given to genuine scientific achievements. Um, and that's important, right? So it, it, they're not like the Darwin Awards that you hear about where they're just given to dumb things that people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they're, they're also given, they're, they're given to scientific achievements that are just weird or uh, funny or something like that. And um, once in a blue moon, they'll give them out to like, to satirically, to stuff like homeopathy, to criticize it. <laughs> but, um, but that's not very often. Um, and I like them because I think they Im- they highlight the importance of doing science just for the sake of discovery mm. because a lot of these things are just like weird things. And so I thought in honor of the, the Ig Nobels and, um, and to laugh a little bit, I'd go through some of the, the Ig Nobel prizes that were given out this year. Oh, all right. Cool. I'd yeah. love to hear this because I did not follow this year's stuff at all. I have no idea who won yeah. anything. Most people don't, and you yeah. wouldn't be faulted if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, a lot of it is just like people in the science community laughing at the research that scientists do, um, but in, in, in a nice um, way because, you know, science has to be done. Mm-hmm. And even science of weird, seemingly pointless things has to be done because that's how we learn about things, right? Yeah. So there's a, it's given in a lot of different areas. We'll, st- we'll start with the Applied Cardiology Award. Ooh. Um, I like uh, heart stuff because, you know, I got a family history of heart stuff. I'm always happy to hear the advancements over there. So let's do it. It was, yeah. it was given to uh, – the, the title of the paper was Physiological Synchrony is Associated with Attraction in a Blind Date Setting. Mm. Um, and what it basically was is they found that when two people – are in love, oh. their hearts synchronize. Oh. Um, so uh, this uh, basically, the when they approached this uh, study, they thought, well, when their hypothesis was that when two people are attracted to one another, um, that they're going that they would synchronize certain physiological responses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting how they did this. They set up the study and said they took pairs of people that they found in uh, they recruited from like conferences and stuff like that um they would go around and find pairs of people that were willing to do this 
And they would take them into what they called a dating cabin, which sounds really scary and creepy to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, a dating cabin, quote unquote, and ask them to sit at a table face to face. Well, not face to face, but across from each other with a plastic divider between them. Okay. Uh, So they couldn't see each other. And what they would do is they would they would raise the divider three times throughout the the experiment. First, the first time they would raise it was for would be for three seconds for a quick first impression of each other. Mm-hmm. And then they would do it two more times for two minutes each, uh, one for verbal inter- communication with each other and one for nonverbal communication with each other. Right? Mm-hmm. And the whole time that they were doing this, they were measuring physiological responses. They had to wear eye-tracking glasses. They would measure their heart rate, their skin conductance, which is uh, just a fancy way of saying how, whether they're sweating Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, okay. And uh and other things that that they measured, but um th- those were some of the main things they were they were keeping track of all these responses because their idea was if two people are attracted to each other, they 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 expected that there might be some sort of synchrony between these responses between the two people. And when they were done with this, they would ask them separately, hopefully, so they <laughs> if they'd like to go on a if they would like to go on a date <laughs> With the other person, right? If you'd like to go on a second date, we'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, as a measure of, in this brief encounter, was there some attraction, right? Mm. Um, 34% of the women said they wanted a second date. Weird. 53% of the men did, because of course they did, more men did. Because they're um, horny, those men. They're horny. <laughs> right. right. We, yeah. we have lower standards. Um, <laughs> uh, and they found that only 17% of those people had both people in a pair said that they would like to go out on a second date with that person, okay? Okay, so, now, only, so let me make sure I got that right. The, yeah. the percentages I get for women versus men, but the, the only time that, the, that both sides said yes... Yeah. That's 17%. When they, exactly. When they asked the people after they were done, sometimes just the, the woman would say that they were willing to go on a second date, sometimes okay. just the men. But 17% of the time, both in the pair said that they okay. would like to go out on a date, on a second it. date with the person. Got a it. second date, as if this was a first date. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> a second brief window of looking at each other, they would like to go a on A second <laughs> time in the dating cabin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, they found that, and this is the interesting part, they found that whenever there was a synchronization between heart rate and skin conductance, now what that means, a synchronization, by the way, is that whenever one person's heart rate increased, another person's did. It's it's not like they're beating at the same time. (laughs) Um, it's just the increase and decrease in heart rate would happen at the same time between the two people, Mm -hmm. right? Whenever they found that that happened, it was predictive of whether or not uh, both people in the couple would want to go on a second date. Um, But also, interestingly, they found that other signals, like smiling or gaze direction, did not correlate with whether or not there was attraction between them. Mm, Interesting. It could be that smiling and, and looking at each other or looking away, those could be false signals um, that are that are that are maybe for other reasons, and and these unconscious signals that you have little control over because they're tied to your autonomic nervous system, like heart rate and sweating, those were better predictors. 
So. How many people? Do you know how many people were in the study total? Just just for. I background. think there were a total of 140 couples, 140 okay. pairs. That sounds about right. You wouldn't want yeah. less than that, and more than that seems problematic. Right? I don't know. It seems like redundant. That's probably all you need is that sample size. I don't know. Yeah, I'm you probably that want up. at least at least around that much. Um, more wouldn't hurt. I mean, if you start to get way more, then it starts to get weird data mining kind of like, is there really an effect kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more people you have, the more... The the be, the pers- the statistics have to work out right. Mm-hmm. So, wow. So that was that was the applied cardiology. So they got they got a, an award for that. There's another one in literature, which is which is a a, a fun one. Oh, that's for reading. Was, yeah, I like that. That's a good one for reading. <laughs> right. So the paper was called "Poor Writing: Not Specialized Concepts Drives Processing Difficulty in Legal Language." So what this basically was, a summary was, is that they were analyzing what makes legal documents so hard to understand. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they decided to uh, test what... They're, so there's these competing theories of legal convolution. You know, you, you know, legal documents are really hard to understand, right? Yeah. And uh, some people argue that the reason that they're complicated is because the law, it's, it's, it's technical and it's precise. You need to have technical language in order to, to get the precision that you need for the law, right? And that's their argument for why you have all this convoluted language. Um, others, though, argue that, no, the law is actually built on very ordinary concepts and we don't really need all this complicated language uh, we could we could explain things in contracts and legal documents more plainly to make people understand. It's not required. Interesting. So scientists decided that they were going to analyze this a little bit and see what they could figure out. Right? Okay. So they analyzed the text of a, a ton of legal documents. Altogether, 10 million words they analyzed. So gamers, by the way, listen to this because this, these are your EULAs that you're scrolling yeah. 500 miles to sign and stuff like that. And you never look at because they're in, you know, insurmountable in terms of having to read them. They're ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It has, has definitely to do with, with uh, these types of license, end user license agreements. Yeah. So they found in their results that, no surprise probably, Legal documents seem to be unnecessarily convoluted. <laughs> mm. um, and that they could, and importantly, they probably could be made much easier to understand if they avoided a lot of the features that they identified as the culprits. They found that there were a, a few big things that caused these uh, documents to be really convoluted. Non-standard capitalization. Have oh. you seen that before? Oh, yeah. All the time. I hate that. Where you'll be reading like a, like a, some sort of legal brief or like, you see a legal document and and words are in all caps for seemingly no reason and sometimes it's just one or two like it's like uh the uh the complainant has found that the defendant (laughs) doesn't have a like that right Uh, why do they do that what is that about i don't know i'm sure there are people listening like lawyers that are listening right now who are thinking like no there's a reason we do that um But uh, but in this, they found that it leads to further confusion, the non-standard capitalization. Also, the use of archaic words that nobody uses anymore, mm-hmm. like herein or mm. aforesaid or to wit. Mm. <laughs> um, so archaic language. 
uh, legal jargon that probably could be expressed in in simpler language. And the biggest culprit they found was this uh, language thing called center embedding. Mm-hmm. And this is really fascinating. <laughs> center embedding is this process of sort of like nesting phrases inside other phrases that sort of unfold themselves. In, you have to sort of, in a weird oh. way, unfold them accordion style to right, figure like out what the sen- Like you're uh, uh, doing an equation, like you're breaking out the parentheses in an equation. Exactly, and they're, no. they're explained <laughs> often using parentheses. <laughs> um, I got some examples that you'll like here. So the first example is, the rat, the cat, the dog chased, killed, ate, the malt. <laughs> I hate that. I hate right. everything about uh, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so the breakdown of that, this, the, the, the easier way to exp- say that would be the dog chased the cat. The cat caught the rat that had eaten the malt. Like that's what that sentence is saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So you can yeah. imagine how impenetrable this this stuff is. The, my favorite example I found here was. The dog, the girl, the boy, the teacher, the mechanic, the owner of the dog uses lives with likes, no, saw, ran away. Mm. <laughs> wow. I hate right. it. I hate and it. So, are, there, are there commas or parentheses in that that at least help you break it down or how? N- not in the ones that I found. But, oh but you know, God. they were, exa- they were um, constructed examples I found online. So they sure. might have left the commas out on purpose to further sure. obfuscate it. But, um. But this is in legal documentation all the time where they do this. And they, in their analysis, they found that it's quite likely that that this is, they suspect that this is deliberate obfuscation of, of things to make it so that it's not as easily understood. Now, that's maybe speculation. I don't know. I'm not trying to call any lawyers out there uh, deliberately uh deceitful in their <laughs> in their in their legal documentation but the point is that they did find that if if you un, if you did away with a lot of these things that legal documents would be easier to understand mm, i agree like yeah. why, why i don't know why if the if the if it's important that people know what they're agreeing to why does the language have to be so nebulous and difficult like yeah why so that wouldn't... so that they you can get people to agree to things that they may not realize they're agreeing to yeah <laughs> so so all that does is just instill distrust in whatever company or service i'm signing up for and i and or yeah it's kind of for me it's just throwing my hands up and going whatever click like i i, yeah. I, I already yeah. i already assume i've agreed to a million bad agreements with video games and movies and a million other things i may as well just do another one it's fine when i when i went and got our house and you know you close on a house anyone's ever done that it's just a it's miles of signatures oh my for stuff they're like oh you don't need to read this just sign this okay what does this say well this 400 pages says basically that you aren't going to default on your payments like why do you need 400 pages that say i won't this 12 page document uh agrees that you will not lick the lead paint off the walls yes you agree to not eat the lead paint it's really a weird part of our modern society and i kind of hate it but on the other hand i'm like eh like I, it's the way i feel about it. don't you worry the government's watching you i'm like whatever just watch i don't care what are you gonna <laughs> what are you gonna see my fat ass in the morning like who cares right. like but i actually do care i'm annoyed by it but i i feel like i can't do anything about it which is part of the problem because they've worn us down with their legalese you know yeah Anyway, that's that's the end goal. That's what they're trying to do is wear you down. Well, congratulations, uh, 
industrial Stress. complex. You've done it. You've done it. There are a bunch of other uh, very, just very funny ones. Um, there was a study that looked at whether or not constipation makes it difficult for scorpions to move around. Mm, as, um, they, as they do. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out that it doesn't. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, which I read that uh, a little bit of that <laughs> one and I didn't know this. So scorpions can drop their tails. Um, like lizards can do. Oh, you know? really? Oh, yeah. like off? Like drop off? Like yeah, drop they can off, off, <laughs> <laughs> um, tail off. <laughs> um, but uh, so and it's like as much as twenty five percent of their body mass. Um, but they can do it. They don't grow it back like lizards do. They will die. <laughs> um, but they die some month or more later, and it's not because their tail is missing or anything like that. It's because dropping their tail off causes them to become constipated so much so that it kills them. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm, I didn't look further into it. It was just stated like, that way as if it was a fact that I should know. So, are they but supposed it makes to just wonder, watch their diet? Is that because diet? their butt was dropped off too? Yeah, are they supposed to just watch their diet? Like what are you supposed to do for constipated freaking... <laughs> Like, There's nothing they can do. They will die from right. it, and so yeah. uh, <laughs> like cut back but the, on. But cheese. they live long enough to mate. Okay, still <laughs> okay. So as long as they can get that going and per, and yeah. uh, per, kept to keep, keep the species going, then sorry, Grandpa's going to die early because of a stupid constipation. We'll have new we'll have new scorpions before you know it. <laughs> That's such a weird thing. A, yeah, it is a weird thing. Yeah. There's another one that found that uh, this is again probably no surprise to anyone, but uh, that ice cream used instead of ice chips after chemotherapy helps chemo patients better have better pain outcomes after really yeah really is if they just use ice cream instead of ice chips why yeah. those ice chips it's like you hear about that all the time and tina did that too and and yeah. pregnancy they do it after pregnancy like yeah. oh here's ice chips or, or surgery or whatever yeah, yeah. right that's crazy and, and certainly I that's prob- ice cream the whole time damn it <laughs> yeah yeah. You dropped the ball on that one, Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the doctors. Yeah. How, how dare um, you not know about this obscure scientific story? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a, a study that looked at how best to use your fingers to control uh, columnar knobs. Basically, how best to, to turn knobs. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just vertical knobs like the ones on my mixer. Yep. Yep. Mm, uh, exactly. Okay. Um, there was a, it was a really interesting one that looked at, uh, that analyzed um, ancient pots that, you know how you have like old pottery that, that has like art on it that depicts common practices that people would do. Like, you know, Egyptian pottery or, or Mesopotamian stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, that'll show like things that people it shows people doing stuff yeah, right yeah um they analyzed some pots that apparently depicted uh the 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 technique of using um alcohol and drugs in enemas um being and how to administer those mm. so. wow well that seems like and a- the scientist on this one yeah uh for for science um did it decided oh. to uh did to it to himself he's administer. the he's the guinea pig you're saying he did the yeah the, exactly wow. he, he did that to himself with some alcohol and or and there was another one he like he like would administer an alcohol enema and take a breathalyzer every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> did he get results from that did it actually show up at all yeah it, it turns out that your uh your rectum can absorb things faster yeah but stomach. then then i guess you know what this shows my 
lack of knowledge about how breathalyzers worked, I assumed it's because you drank a lot, you so it's on your breath, but it's actually no. your lungs are generating Yeah, the stuff. reason a breathalyzer works is because you've got alcohol in your bloodstream and that exchange of blood in your lungs um, includes alcohol. And so it's actually coming out of... It's actually accurately depicting blood blood alcohol levels. Interesting. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. So even if you shoot it up your butt, you're still gonna you're still gonna show up on a breathalyzer. Do you think that's still popular with the kids, the co- the the the, the uh, college the freshmen? You know, putting the, the soak tampons and yeah. whatever. Or yeah, or those. Was it ever putting, popular? Right. I it mean, could be like the 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 whole <laughs> FDA. Know. Popularizing Nyquil marinated chicken, right? No, yeah. Like, Maybe one person said a, said it, but then the FDA is like, "Oh no! Here, quick, let's launch this huge campaign to stop people from doing this." And that's and I what bet caused you it caused yeah, it causes more people to do it, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's my that's my. Oh, thinking, I'm sure yeah. they did, but like that's the problem is on the one hand you want to warn against it, and on the other hand mm-hmm. you don't want to popularize it by warning against it. So they're kind exactly. of they're in a catch twenty. That's why I started eating Tide Pods. Yeah, I, I know, that's right? Exactly. I think if you if you see one person doing it, you just say, "Uh, let them let them you know let them mm-hmm. take themselves out of yeah. <laughs> out of contention for breathing." I mean, but if but it's if a big a thing, people, sure, yes, right. you're like, "Oh, maybe there's something to that." Yeah, I remember. <laughs> look, in 1993, I remember I started pulling people's spines out, not because of Mortal Kombat, but because yeah. they warned me. That they if weren't I played exactly. It. it was like, what? Every time I hear the phrase finish him, I'm supposed to do this. I know. Scorp- that's my understanding. Scorpion's doing it a lot. It, it must be fun. Yeah. Scorpion, speaking <laughs> of scorpions. Everything comes back to scorpions. How yeah. Do you think you think his tail falls off when he's constipated? I don't know. You'll be able to find out. I feel like that's <laughs> why he's so here. angry. I'm angry when I'm constipated. Get over here. Give me some uh, fiber. I need fiber. Get over here. Borrow <laughs> uh, right. your anus. <laughs> He has the tools to do it. Hey, Bobby, uh, having you on is always a treat. I love this stuff. Um, yeah. Now I want to pay attention to it. I pulled up it. the site, the improbable site, to to start looking at some of these. Yeah. Unfortunately, the cylinder, the knob uh, turning one is all in Japanese. I can't, uh, even if I do the translate, it, it doesn't, I want the paraphrased edition. I want to know. Wait, yeah. the turning knob is all in Japanese, so it's it's turning it's, it's turning Japanese? Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. turning oh, Japanese? Oh, look at you. Oh, well look done, at my, sir. my old music reference there, everybody. Uh, ask your parents. Well done. Anyway, hey, Bill, or Bill, <laughs> hey, Bob, Bob and Bill. <laughs> Uh, Bobby, what you else? Do it all the time. You guys, uh, you got this uh, show, this All Around Science show, which continues a yep. lot of the threads that you bring up here, and uh, I'd love people to know more about it. Where can they get it? It's a science podcast. Every week we talk about different sciencey stuff. Um, it's called All Around Science. That's just if you search for it uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find it. All Around Science. Uh, this past week, the one episode that came out yesterday, we talked about Saturn's rings you've probably seen them Hmm. um or at least seen pictures of them and we talked about where did they come from because did you know that all gas giants in our solar system anyway they they all have rings Hmm. jupiter does uranus does neptune does but why is it that saturn of all the planets it's not even the biggest one why is it that saturns are so big and uh, compared to everybody else's they're so dramatically different yeah, that's why it was the recent shot the web got of, um, oh, shoot, what's the planet they did? I think that was Neptune. Neptune. They Neptune. At, you don't even think of Neptune as having rings. We knew it did. Right. These dusty, more dusty, fine, finer rings. But because the previous tech was, wasn't able to show it in the way that Saturn always is, 
mm-hmm. uh, we see these new ones and we're like, oh my gosh, it's like a whole different right. planet. It's like a whole different thing. Right. And it's great. Uh, so why, I guess you go into it, why? Yeah, we is. talk about what, why, why scientists are, are pretty sure what caused Saturn's rings to be so dramatically different than, than the other planets. And, uh, and you should listen and find out why. Well, I'm going to. And I'll find out why, along with the rest of America and the world. Bobby, <laughs> it's great to have you on with us, as always. Uh, do check him out on all that fun stuff. Have a fantastic In theaters. week. In theaters. <laughs> In theaters Thursday. Thursday. All right, there goes Bobby. There he goes. Let's do the final bits of uh, theaters Thursday. I need to go. I want to go see that. Don't worry, darling. While it's in theaters. Oh yeah, I want to hear a friend tell me if that's good. Yeah, I know because I I hear mixed reviews on it. Like it's it's more the excitement of the hype over Olivia Wilde and everybody not liking her. Yeah, like all the controversy around the production of the thing. Uh, Does the movie hold up despite all that? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a quick check here. Smile at 80% currently. That seems like a good horror Oh, really? Movie. Yeah. I didn't, didn't even think that was out yet. I thought that didn't come out till this weekend. <laughs> Ooh, don't worry, darling, at 38. That's concerning. But well, that's I, I'll, low. I'll take what you end up saying. Uh, audience reviews yeah. at around 78. That seems better. Oh, interesting. Okay. So hmm. when it doesn't seem better, it definitely is better. Yeah. You never freaking can tell. All right. No, no, you really can't. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take our leave before we go. Quick note that tonight at three thirty Mountain Time, it'll be tonight for some people, but really just afternoon for many others. Three thirty p.m. Mountain, we will be doing an episode of Play Retro. Myself and Brian Dunaway are uh, digging deep on some very cool retro topics. If you would like to tune in for that live, it's at three thirty Mountain Time right here at Frogpants.tv or get the podcast later. Um, let's see what else probably a new diary today Brian you got anything coming out today we should mention uh, yeah. nothing coming out today I gotta start prep for this week's Coverville and uh, and that's about it any hint as to what we're uh, what Coverville will be about no I haven't even looked to see whose birthday is coming up or who it's gonna you know what it's who the subject is gonna be so right now you all know as much as I do do you ever have like a last minute contingency if someone dies or whatever where you're like slip them in you know what i mean like yeah oh yeah i mean like you know let's say heaven forbid let's say uh well let's say some famous musician dies tomorrow then okay. i will absolutely <laughs> scramble together a show and that's a sign that we're starting to believe what people say we about believe us our own hype exactly yeah. like yes I'm we not say their name any names. Yeah. but that's the thing it's like and, and i break the rules for those shows where i try in most shows not to play songs i've played on the show before so if i do like a uh you know a, a regular clash episode for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. i try not to play songs that i've played on previous clash cover stories mm. um so that somebody could listen to all the clash cover stories and have like a you know six hour clash enjoyment fest but if somebody dies then i kind of break that rule because a i need the the quicker turnaround time and b because i want not just to have a good selection of their songs but i want if i've already played what i consider to be the best cover of one of their songs on a previous show i don't want to have to like play a different cover um, so that i don't you know they deserve in in passing they deserve a uh, tribute with the best covers of all of their songs well you guys just got a behind the curtain look at how coverville yeah. is made there you Par- go. sausage right there that's the sausage yeah. look coming at out of the sausage. grinder Ew. yep look at brian sausage all right moving on 
Let's, uh, <laughs> let's thank some patrons real quick. Actually, uh, so we don't have any new ones since yesterday, which isn't that unusual. But I wanted to do a fun little thing. Um, when there's no okay. names here, I'm going to do this more often. So if you haven't signed up at patreon.com slash TMS, the next three new patrons that sign up at any level, doesn't matter which one you're at, you got to sign up and stay, though. You can't just be there for a day. All right, because it won't count. <laughs> yeah, well, we will yoink your prize. We'll if you yoink do your that. prize if you do that. But uh, you will get a print magnet sticker pack that includes some sort of print signed by me, some art from me as well, uh, a magnet, uh, likely based on my own artwork, possibly Carter's. I forget what I have over here, and a sticker pack of some sort uh, will come to you in the mail internationally, locally. Doesn't matter where you live. We'll cut. The, we'll cover the costs on it. It doesn't matter. We're sending it to the next three patrons who sign nice. up and the last nice. guy that signed up was uh let's see mailman uh, wasn't it i think it was mailman so what i'm gonna do is automatically because mailman you know he didn't know about this opportunity know. i'm gonna give mailman one as well so the next three plus mailman they all get a they all get a frog pants mega pack from me okay and galactically as well, codes from home. I will send it anywhere in the known universe. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, you just have to have an address that I can verify. Anyway, there you go. That's patreon.com slash TMS for all those details. Check it out today. Frogpants.com slash TMS for everything else. And if you've got feedback, thoughts, and comments, send us an email, themorningstream at gmail.com. I like the end of the show with a nice little song in my heart, and I can't do it unless Brian brought one. So what'd you bring? Well- Let's do one uh, going out to uh, one of the unsung heroes of TMS, a person who doesn't always get the credit they deserve for their little secret behind-the-scenes contributions. I'm talking about Icewarm, a.k.a. Mike, um, who uh, wrote in to say, Hello, stacked actors in Breakout. That is uh, tracks one and two off of his favorite Foo Fighters record, There's Nothing Left to Lose. I'm here in California about to go to the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. L.A. represent... I was supposed to see the Foo Fighters back in August. However, after the tragic passing of Taylor Hawkins, the tour was understandably canceled. I was lucky enough to get tickets to the L.A. Tribute Show. I'm still shocked I was able to get a ticket because it sold out in minutes. Definitely a once-in-a-lifetime event if uh, there, if I've ever seen one. So any cover either by or of the Foo Fighters would be awesome. I leave it in Brian's very capable hands to pick a great one. Love the show, though. Mike, a.k.a. Iceworm. Oh, Iceworm's the best. He does all sorts of little secrety things that none of you know about, he but he does them without right. blinking. He's amazing. And love he them. has the softest ears on the planet. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. It's true. They're made out of true. some material that isn't known to man. It's very They're odd. Like- they're like yeah. little lamb's ears. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, how about this one right here? Uh, a lot of people's favorite Foo Fighters song is Everlong. I think mine might be Everlong. I love that track. It's really good. Um, how about a cover by the band First to Eleven? They released this one last year on volume 10 of their covers series. Here's Everlong by First to Eleven. See you guys tomorrow.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Only in theaters. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.